Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. I host Wealth Academy podcast, and our mantra is wealth is more than just money. Uh, many of us have owned a house or two. Some of us have just a primary residence. Some of us invest in stocks, apartments, uh, in, in uh, all manner of real estate type investments. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is going to be what? Real estate and you. That's right. Real estate and you, because it's a topic a lot of people are talking about. Of course, we know that if we look at it just from a standpoint of a residency, somewhere for you and or your family to live, the interest rates have gone up. Demand for housing is the seller's market. A lot of corporations are coming in to invest in not only a house or two, but an entire subdivision. And a lot of foreign co companies, uh, some in Canada and some other countries as well. And so we have to look at how we're going to negotiate that, navigate this. And uh, so that's what I'll be talking about today. So I'm glad that you could be with me. And guess what? Uh, National Financial Literacy Month is the month of April. It's day 15 of the series of the National Financial Literacy Month series day 15. So we're halfway there. We have 15 days to go to close out this month and financial literacy month. <clears throat> so I'm glad that you could be with me. So if you're ready to rock and roll, so am I. So let's talk about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, owning property is a, a goal for a lot of people. And it, as a part of that goal, you have to have sound financial plan. In other words, you just can't wake up one morning and just decide, hey, I want to buy this house. You're going to have to set aside some monies, uh, maybe 20% uh, of the value of the property. You, you have must have looked at the property, have an inspection conducted. Uh, looking at the neighborhood, the crime rate, the schools, the distance from work, whatever it might be. But um, home ownership also is kind of what we look at as a part of the American dream, if you will. And that dream always is, is uh, dynamic, it's always evolving, and it's different for everyone. And so uh, it for many people, it is a sense of achievement and pride, uh, <clears throat> but it also builds equity. And equity, of course, is whatever you pay for the house, any upgrades that you make to it, uh, how the economy is going, the demand for it going, uh, then the equity, you build equity in that property. So if you decide to sell it, then you can take out whatever equity there is when you sell that house and apply it to the next house. And so that's what we're going to cover here in this particular section. And uh, it's also uh, a major financial undertaking and a long-term investment. And so uh, when it comes to buying a house, it's the biggest pur purchase 
uh, most people will ever make. And depending on what part of the country, it's even greater. Let's say property in Washington, D.C. is less than property, say, in California. So a lot of it depends on the region or if a house in, in California and a house in uh, Boston, Massachusetts might be about the same. However, uh, given the taxes, when we put the real estate taxes in there, insurance in there, uh, then that's when things really begin to shake loose, letting you know exactly what the value of it is. And I'll just talk to you about it right now in terms of where the state of the real estate market is. It is a seller's market. <laughs> Do you receive calls from people asking you, hey, we'll buy your house uh, and you can move out anytime you want to. Uh, we won't have any inspections because that's just how dynamic the real estate market is. But it might be a bubble uh, similar to 2007, 2008 and nine, uh, where the, the housing market was on fire. And then all of a sudden the bottom came out from under it. So we're keeping a close eye on it with the interest rates going up. Interest rates at one point was even down at some points to down to one and two percent. And now that's steadily increased over the last month. Uh, now it's coming in maybe four and a half to five minimum, and it's going up. It continues to creep up. So um, one of the things we want to look at is uh, more and more people find themselves forced to put off the purchase because they're priced out of the market. And that's really what happened to a lot of middle class people now who don't earn as much. Uh, say a, a five-figure earner, uh, doesn't have the ability like a six-figure earner does in terms of purchasing a property. And so uh, you have to search harder or you can go in with some partnerships where you split the price of that mortgage with someone else and you can leverage it. And or you can look at houses that have been foreclosed upon. And depending on what neighborhood, that's a good investment as well. I've done that before and it worked out quite well for me. And I walked away from it with uh, bringing some equity. So uh, here is a chart I have for those of you can see on the live stream. And here it states, would you rather invest in a house or a stock? So it's up to you to decide. Do you want to purchase a house and look at it from a generational standpoint or get stock? where you invest in it and you have to be risk averse to a certain extent. And if you're not willing to lose some money in a stock market, really there's risk in purchasing a house as well, depending on where you purchase it, uh, environmentally where it is, is the, uh, the problem with water, is there a problem with flooding, uh, is there gas getting into the, the water stream if a person is close to a gas station, a service station. And so there are a lot of things to consider uh, but I'm placing this here to just ask what you rather invest in a house or a stock. So uh, moving on from there, um, one of the things that we want to look at is this. Uh, before you sign a mortgage, make sure to calculate all the costs and leave some savings untouched for after you buy, because there may be some home improvements. You might want to get some new furniture. Uh, so there are a number of things, but you have to include uh, and consider uh, looking at added expenses like taxes, as I referenced earlier, uh, seeing what the county taxes or city taxes happen to be. You want to look at insurance costs. Insurance, of course, if you had a previous house and you sold it, and if you had a fire there or something as that, or you had tenants in that property, the insurance is going to cost you a lot more. And then looking at emergencies and then necessary repairs. For example, you may need a new roof 
or you may need a new driveway, or you may need to remodel that bathroom to keep that value up. But you need to set aside some monies uh, that you never touch when you purchase this house. And you want to purchase that house with some equity in it, because if not, you just don't know how that equity will build up over time. And then oftentimes, uh, getting approval for a decent mortgage rate requires waiting a few more years to save up for a larger down payment, depending on what you're trying to purchase. But I would recommend, and uh, again, you want to check with your financial advisor, your financial coach, your accountant, and are your lawyer, a real estate lawyer, and, and just get some insight from them. But for me personally, I would look at homes that have been foreclosed upon that people could no longer afford to pay it, or looking at houses that people didn't pay their taxes on. So that that's some other options that you can look at uh, for, for yourself. And then the planning stage before buying a house is very lengthy. Uh, but nowadays, it's not so much, but you still have to have your paperwork in place. So a prospective buyers uh, work hard to get to a place where they can find their permanent home. And the process is long and involved it includes things such as your uh, W-2 statements, how you've been paid, um, it's your tax returns, uh, it's the debt that you have, whether it's a credit card, personal loan, if you have a business. So all of these things have to be factored in there, personal loans, you name it. And then how much money do you have set aside in the bank and how much in savings and um, emergency fund? Uh, what type of uh, investments do you have? Do you have stocks, bonds? mutual funds, what, what do you have there that can also help out with this situation as well? So uh, the process is long and involved, as I stated, and demanding uh, most people to build up their credit scores. And credit scores is very important. You know, you can go up to about 850. If you have something at 850, you're going to pay a, a lower interest rate on a property. And so you want to keep it up in the 700 to 800 uh, area score-wise. And so uh, that's going to make a big difference for you. And uh, you have to commit to a stable job location. And if you happen to be retired, as long as you can show income that could cover the cost of a, buying a house. And then you want to look at uh, earning income that qualifies for a large enough mortgage. Um, you can choose a, a good realtor and then find a suitable place to live somewhere that's safe. And you can find a home inspector that can offer, um, that have an offer accepted because you want to make sure that you don't have a problem. I remember the time I owned a property in Texas and I wanted to sell it. At that time, I owned a couple of houses and that, that house actually was sinking into the sand. So the house had to be lifted. And so the real estate agent contacted an engineer and they came out and they actually conducted that and lift that house up in the neighbor across the street. After that was performed, he purchased the house. I was very thankful and very blessed that that happened. But these are some of the things that you have to consider. And I wanted out of that that property primarily because there were quite a few hurricanes coming to the area. I had windstorm damage, tens of thousands of dollars. Roof uh, had, to, had to be repaired. So at some point, I had to make that decision to say enough is enough. And I made that decision. I was very fortunate to be able to come through it uh, from a positive standpoint. Now, home ownership in the United States, let's talk about that a bit. The average home buyer searches 10 weeks and views 10 homes, depending upon where they are. It could be more or less. And nowadays, with it being virtual and people being able to um, uh, show these properties online, 
uh, a lot of times you don't get the full range of what that property is like, but it gives you a better idea than having to drive there and seeing a few pictures. So the median price of a single family home, let's say, for example, in 2018 was about $261,600. And then the average price of a new single family home in 2018 was 299400 And in April of 2014, home ownership for all ages fell to 64.8%. The lowest has been since 1995, and I'm very sure a lot of this had to do with the uh, great recession that we had, where a lot of people lost their, their home and houses uh, in the 2007-2008 timeframe. So you decide if you want to go out, purchase a home for you and your family, and have that house such that you have insurance on it that if you pass away, uh, people... Uh, the beneficiaries of that property, the house will be paid for and they can live in it and that can generate uh, generational wealth. But the one thing about doing that is if the, if the uh, family members don't know how to manage a house, they will lose it very fast. And if they don't study up on it, they will lose it fast. Uh, take someone like me. I have a, a business major in accounting and I've uh, sold, bought and sold homes for several years. And so uh, I understand all the process. And if I don't, I call on a professional to assist me. I've worked with real estate agents and, and brokers, and uh, it's worked out just fine. But again, I want to ask you this question. Um, would you rather invest in a house or stock? If you don't have a house to live in, I'd say go with that house. And if you have a, a don't want to get a house, then I'd say take the money you would have paid with a mortgage and put that, invest that in, in some other investment types. It could be different uh, virtual wallets, it could be Bitcoin, it could be, uh, you know, just different uh, Dogecoin and, and other types of um, cryptocurrency. That's the word I'm looking for. But uh, you decide on what you want to do. And then if you decide, um, if you don't purchase that house, then you're going to be paying a lot more taxes because you can't write off and, and owning a, a property. You can write off different things like the amount of mortgage you pay per year the insurance, the homeowners association fee and different things. And if you have a, a fire in your house, for example, or a property get damaged with windstorm, then you have insurance to cover that as well, uh, which bodes well. Whereas if you have an apartment or if you lease a house, you don't have those uh, same advantages. But I would recommend uh, getting insurance for any type of property that you own because it will save you a lot of money. And if you have a, a, a personal property in a storage facility, insure it because that will help you quite a bit as well. So I'm coming to the end of episode 15. I can't even believe that I'm halfway between the month of April, National Financial Literacy Month. And I'm really sticking to this subject because I really want people to become financially independent, financially free, and financially intelligent. The three Fs, which really makes a difference in your life, a lot of this comes down to mindset. And then I make it more specific, money mindset, that you find yourself where you're debt-free, that you can start investing and getting a greater return on, on your monies, and then you can uh, generate a generational wealth. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, signing out, saying to you, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you on episode six. And uh, go out, rate, and review this episode, episode 222. Have a great day. Thanks for listening thank so to much. Wealth Academy Goodbye Podcast. For 
Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching in addition to resources associated with this podcast. Email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.